0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Neer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode, we've got kind of a split show. We've got the first segment is uh, me talking just myself about motivation and weight loss and some of my own struggles with that. Um, And then the second half of the show is me and Misha discussing one of our favorite video game franchises of all time, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, As always, today's show is produced, the music and the artwork by Misha Zarens. Thanks again so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? So recently I was watching a... YouTube channel called Off Camera with Sam Jones. Uh, Off Camera is a, I guess it's a magazine, and then it's technically kind of a YouTube show and then also a podcast. Uh, Sam Jones is the host of the show, and I I believe he's like a photographer and a director, and he also obviously does all the off-camera stuff. Sam interviews mostly Hollywood celebrities. Um, I don't know if there's anyone on the show that's not an actor or comedian or musician or, or, you know, something in that vein. But it's a really, really cool uh, show. It's a really interesting, really interesting conversations. Uh, honestly, kind of a big inspiration for for this show uh, because it's it's just candid, long form interviews with these people that, that kind of just go in a, a wide variety of directions. One of the guests that he has is a guy named... Dax Shepard, who's an actor. I've actually never seen anything that I know of that Dax is in, um, but he's been a somewhat popular name for a long time. He's married to a woman named Kristen Bell. Also haven't, as far as I know, seen anything that she's in, but have watched interviews and stuff with her as well. Also a fascinating character. So in the... And I I think there's actually two Dax Shepard interviews on off-camera, so if you were to look for it, uh, I believe it's the second one. And I'll, I'll put a link to the clip I'm talking about in the show notes. But anyway, so... He, Sam Jones is interviewing Dax Shepard. And they're talking about... Dex Kind of overcoming... A drug and alcohol addiction. And... They start off talking about... How Dax had this friend staying with him. And he found... His friend found... This, I guess, like AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous journal or some sort of diary that there was, you know, Dax's and he opened it up and inside there was a bunch of dates that were written in and crossed out and they were all dates when Dax had previously tried to become sober. And so but then it failed and it had relapsed so he'd cross the day out and then write another one and then relapse and and eventually you know the list went down until there was a date that wasn't crossed out and so he he told Dax that he'd found that and Dax Shepard says that you know he was embarrassed that his friend had found that he was he was kind of ashamed that here's this record of him failing over and over and over again and his friend actually you know kinda I guess got emotional about it and and instead he he said that what he saw was someone who who wouldn't quit that despite the fact that he'd failed over and over, he kept trying. And and it was, you know, the guy was kinda like looking at it as something to celebrate as a character, you know, a boon, (laughs) a good a good quality of his character as opposed to a, a negative downside or something to be ashamed of. And it was just, it, it was really an interesting um, point or, or story because it, it really resonated with, with me. I, I actually had written out <laughs> this whole idea that I was going to talk about on the show about motivation and about how it, it can, I think that sometimes it's, it's almost harder to start something that you failed at than it is to start it the first time because when you failed at it and you try and go back, then now you, you already know what it looks like to start like so for example you know like an example i have is uh i've been overweight for the vast majority of my life i mean dating back to when i was you know <laughs> eight years old um i remember i remember it was the first summer after my my parents had split and to be clear it wasn't i don't think it was that i was super depressed that my parents had split or something it was more just that um i, I my days were just kind of weird in the summer because I was picked up in the middle of the night because my dad worked night shifts and then he would take me to his house, but then he slept through most of the day. And so then I was just like hanging out alone while he was asleep. And then he would wake up and kind of get ready for work. And then he would take me back to my mom's who worked in the daytime. She would, you know, be off work in the evening. And, and so that was just, my days were just kind of this weird shuffling and, and getting cycled around or whatever. Um, and so I gained I mean, I gained 20 pounds over a summer when I was like eight years old. I was I was eating fried chicken TV dinners all, all the time. And uh, and that's a I mean, that's a significant amount of weight for an adult to gain 20 pounds. But but as a kid now, to be fair, I'm you know, I'm six five now. I was a, a large kid, you know, height and, and frame wise as well, even without the weight. But but still 20 pounds is a lot. Um, And really the only time that I was ever thin after that was was probably a small window when I was a teenager for you know a handful of years um, When I had the benefit of being an athlete and growing (laughs) so it it took care of itself kind of and then yeah immediately following high school back to to pretty overweight and You know about a a year and a half ago. I started on uh, a keto diet where you, you know, cut out all the carbs. And I wasn't super hardcore on the keto. Like I wasn't, um, I wasn't testing my blood to see if I was actually in ketosis and and that sort of thing. But I had eliminated most carbs largely from the diet and I, I stuck with it for about three months. And in that three months I lost, you know, 20 pounds and, and wasn't really exercising was just, um, was just just doing the diet and it was it was great I couldn't believe how well it was working and and then I I don't know what happened it just started to to unravel and I didn't stick with the diet and then over time I just kind of moved away from it entirely and was back to my old habits and gained that 20 pounds back (laughs) and uh and to be clear, I'm way more than 20 pounds overweight. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it it then it then almost makes it kind of harder to start again because you, I know what it's like to do it for three months and have success, and then still not stick with it, right, and still fail, and and I think it, it makes, I mean, for me at least, it almost makes me feel like you know, like more of a loser or something because. Because I failed, just like the same sentiment that the Dax felt about his journal with the crossed out dates, and so hearing that other guy talk about like, yeah, but but you didn't quit, you know, like you just because you failed doesn't mean you have to quit, and and that again, you know, that resonated with me, and so um, I don't know, I just thought it was a, an interesting an interesting topic, I guess. Um, uh, I, so personally, I have decided to go ahead and, and start on a, a weight loss, you know, plan again. Um, largely changing the diet, you know, I, I can say, you know, my mom is a, a registered dietitian um, for my whole life. She's retired now, but but for you know most of my childhood or all of my childhood up in, until I was in my twenties, she was a registered dietitian, and so I'm very familiar with um, what you know, how, how diet, how dieting can impact, you know, a person's, um, health and weight. And so it's, it's never been really a matter of like not knowing what to do as much as it's just, you know, actually doing it. Um, and I think that the, the, it's an important thing. And you know, there's tons of information out there on this. So not that I'm the expert or something. Uh, and certainly most of you may be familiar with this already, but there's just, I think a large misconception when it comes to, uh, to weight loss specifically that exercise is a really key element of it. And it, it, it's, it's not, um, it can be now if you're, you know, if you're maybe just a a small amount overweight and I don't know, 10, 20 pounds or something, maybe then the exercise can, can kind of help take you to that finish line. But if you're significantly overweight, like I am, um, I, am not saying that exercise doesn't help, but it's not really what's going to move the needle. I mean, you can, you can exercise every day and, and work your, your tail off. And if you, you know, still go home and mash out on some cake, (laughs) then you're still going to be fat. Um, it turns out that diet is actually just the, the the most important part of it, and I I witnessed it firsthand last year with that with the keto diet because again you know in three months twenty pounds with no real exercise you know commitment. Um, so yeah, so I've I've started on that again. Um, I should say I haven't really started on the keto diet again. Just instead of going with something that's that that's that, um, that's that extreme. Instead, I'm just trying to cut cut out certain things like fried foods. Um, you know, I, I'm personally a pretty big Chinese food fan, and at least in the part of the country I live in, a lot of the Chinese food is actually just fried chicken with different <laughs> sauces on it. Um, so, like, eliminating that kind of stuff. Uh, I have a bad habit of, of drinking regular soda whenever I go out to eat. You know, I'll get a Coke or a Mountain Dew or something like that. Cutting that out. Uh, and yeah, so far, I mean, it's only been, you know, a few days so far, but so far, so good. And yeah, I... You know, I, I didn't really intend for this show to be like a, a diary of mine or anything like that. And and so that's not what I'm trying to turn this into. But it is something that is, you know, uh, I think affects a lot of people. And, and even if it's not weight loss, I just... I really thought that the um, that the lesson from that that interview that I was talking about with Deck Shepard was just something that's really important to reiterate. That just because you fail at something doesn't mean you have to quit, and it doesn't mean that you have that you've lost. Um, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to start again, and it and it, it's painful when you when you fail, and it's painful sometimes to try and get that motivation to start again. Um, I will also say that you know, the, the, the real impetus this time for me to, to be able to get started again wasn't just listening to that interview and seeing that, but it was also talking to some you know, some people in my personal life about it, and, and they were really supportive, and they were really interested in trying to, to you know, encourage me with that, and, uh, and that's helped a lot again you know it's only been a short time and so (laughs) i guess it's certainly possible that that i will fail again um but hey you gotta you gotta put one foot in front of the other and and give it you know give it the best shot you can and and i i think that's a thing that that a lot of people needed to to think about because it's so easy to get in this hole where you think that, that there's not hope and and there is there there is there's a there's at least a chance <laughs> things can work out but you gotta try right you gotta you gotta put the effort in and, and and try and make changes uh in order to get to get those results so i'll keep you guys updated kind of as we go along and we'll see how that process goes um but yeah i don't know i just <laughs> like i said just thought it was an interesting idea um and it's just the the topic of motivation in general is an interesting an interesting topic. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what the secret of motivation is. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said for discipline, which is something that I personally have <laughs> a very little amount of. Um, when I was in high school, I remember I was I worked at uh, a cafeteria. And for at a hospital and one summer my job was to largely just cut fruit and portion it And they would sell the fruit in the cafeteria So This was a super easy gig, right? I mean, it was it was me and this other this other girl that was my age uh, that were working together and we just hung out in the back and joked around and played and had fun and Cut up fruit and (laughs) put it in little boxes and it was very easy and fun and silly so I was at the mall one time at, at, during that period and I was talking to some some friends that I ran into about the job and I just I couldn't believe how easy it was and so I was telling him about that well this marine recruiter walks up to me and says uh, hey I heard you talking about how your your gig's so easy or whatever and um, have you ever thought about being a marine and I, I laughed because those of you that know me know that that has never been <laughs> on my radar of something that I would I would probably be interested in doing um, and he and he said and then, so I said no and he said well you know that I understand that you like the easy thing but what are you gonna do if you always do the easy thing what are you gonna do if at some point you get in, into a situation in life where you've got the easy thing and the there's, there is there is no easy way, and there's only a hard way, but you've always done the easy way, so you don't know. What are you going to do then? And being the snarky teenager that I, I was, I said, well, you just said that I always can find the easy way, so I would still just find an easy way. I, I don't I don't understand that, that premise. Um, and that was, you know, basically the end of the conversation. And I walked away, and it's something that I've, you know, <laughs> that I've come back to in, especially like in this context, because here it is where, uh, you know, I, I, this is weight loss has been a hard thing for me. And so I need to find the easy way, right? Cause I haven't been able to do <laughs> the hard way. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I think I've talked before in episodes about, you know, perception dictating reality. And I, I believe that that's a, 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 a truth. Um, and that I, I think that through, a person's perception they can kind of change the frame of, of what something is and so because of that you can then change what it um what your emotional responses like what the range of emotions you could responses you could have to something are um but I don't know you know that's all <laughs> it's all intellectually stimulating and and all of that but it, it, like I, I think, I, I think actually, when I talked about that episode, I talked about how I, I, it, I'm not able to apply that that line of thought just blanket across every area of my life, and that's true. Um, and it, you know, that's true in weight loss. I think in that episode, I said <laughs> that it was true of my weight loss. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So far with this with this little bit, I've I've found some motivation. I've found some inspiration, and. I just really hope that I can maintain, maintain it. Uh, but yeah, if any of you guys are, you know, going through similar things or want to want to share your stories or anything, by all means, like I always say, you can email me at walker at the walk Show podcast. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a weight loss thing. And it doesn't have to be a substance abuse thing. It doesn't have to be, I don't know, it doesn't have to be something that's <laughs> embarrassing to you necessarily. Um, but just, you know, if you've got a story where there's something that you've, you've tried and, and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed um, It's You know it, it, I, I would be very interested in hearing it and, and and to see what your perspective on it is And maybe it's something that you tried and failed And eventually overcame I'd be interested in hearing that story as well um, It's interesting How in life You will You'll have an understanding about You know The way things work in whatever area um, of life and just an idea of of how things are going to go and then that will get, you know, you got to get the wind knocked out of you sometimes. Um, There's a Tool song called Flood from the album Undertow that, that captures this really well. And, you know, certainly I would suggest that you go listen to the song. but. I just wanted to to actually read the lyrics. Uh, I'm not going to try and be rhythmic or or, or sing or anything like that. That would be horrible for you to listen to. Um, But I think it's it's really relevant. So anyway, I'm going to share that and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So this is again the lyrics from Flood on the album Undertow by Tool. Here comes the water. All I knew and all I believed are crumbling images that no longer comfort me. I scramble to reach higher ground, some order and sanity, or something to comfort me. So I take what is mine and hold what is mine, suffocate what is mine and bury what's mine. Soon the water will come and claim what is mine. I must leave it behind and climb to a new place now. This rock is not the ground I thought it to be. Thought I was high, thought I was free, thought I was there, Divine destiny. I was wrong. This changes everything. Running away, I will take what is mine, hold what is mine, suffocate what is mine, bury what's mine. Soon the water will come and claim what is mine. I must leave it behind and climb to a new place. The water's rising up on me. I said, The water's rising up on me. I thought the sun would come deliver me, but the truth has come to punish me instead. Flood. The ground is breaking down right under me, cleanse and purge me in the water. talking about a video game series that I've liked for a long time. Uh, along with me today, we have the producer, musician, and artist of the Walk Show podcast, Misha Zarens. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? So, we are going to talk about a video game series that Misha and I both love and really, we i mean, we were already really good friends before we played it, but we, spent, we bonded a lot over, over this game, and that game is Ninja Gaiden. Um... Now, Ninja Gaiden's a long-running series that started on the NES, but I didn't play it then. And those games are—I played possibly hard. A couple of them, and they are possibly—it's
1: <laughs> not and, nowhere
0: near. It's World not fun. I don't like them. Right. So, if right. you were—if you're super hardcore, which I—I I, I don't know who is, but if you're a super hardcore NES Ninja Gaiden fan in this, uh, you hope that we would talk about that. We will not, except right now to say <laughs> that I don't care about it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, this is so just Xbox, Xbox version. forward, right? right, right so, right. so Ninja Gaiden Black is, is what it's commonly referred to now. Although, when it came out, it was just Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox. Um, it was so probably like 2002 or three that it came out, yeah. And the graphics of that era were in an in between space, they weren't PlayStation One. Super bad, horrible 3D graphics, but they were 3D graphics before high-definition monitors and displays and TVs were available. So, it still looks kind of janky, typically. Ninja Gaiden, however, looked like a, what would be a next-generation, like,
1: 360 title that on was, I think, like pushing the limits of the
0: boundaries of graphics at the time, right? It was, and it. I don't know, I'm not a technical guy in a, in a deep level at all, but there's, basically there's a technology called bit mapping, and that had just been, I don't want to say discovered, but it was just being reutilized in right. mainstream gaming production. So there was another game called Chronicles of Riddick that yes. was based on the Riddick character from... Pitch Black. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry um, No, Yep. No. well, had a bad movie. I liked Pitch Black when it came out. It was just no. once they made the Riddick movies. My uh, God. I just lost it. Anyway. Um, and that game also was for Xbox. And that game also looked similar to Ninja Gaiden, where it was just really smooth, polished visuals. And there just wasn't a lot of what, <laughs> what I've commonly referred to as Jaggies, which is just because the truth is, is that. In a video game, like it's not circles, right? It's all vertical and horizontal lines that just blend together to appear to be circles and round shapes. Right. And and so I guess really that's a distinction. As in HD graphics, you get a lot more of that rounding and that smoothness. And Ninja Gaiden offered that. Um, so Ninja Gaiden is a, a game where you are the ninja Ryu Hayabusa? Yes. And I, do you want to kind of talk about how... We, we got into it because I just picked it up on Xbox and we just, I was yeah. like, hey, we gotta check this out, and then Yeah, right uh,
1: so, trying to remember what exactly we actually I think, yeah, you picked it up we both kind of played it, it's a third person um, action adventure I guess maybe you would Yeah,
0: I, I kind of define it as like a I kind of define it as a, a modern take on a beat-em-up, and a beat-em-up would be games like uh, the old school X-Men arcade game or the Homer Simpson or not Homer Simpson the Simpsons arcade game. Yeah. Or right. Double Dragon or a, a lot like not really like Mega Man or Metroid or even the original Ninja Gaiden because those are side scrolling platformers where you're like maybe you attack but generally you're you're jumping and running and dodging. Yeah. Right. And whereas the beat 'em ups is more about like you engaging enemies Usually with multiple attacks to defeat them.
2: Yeah.
0: And Ninja Gaiden on Xbox kind of epitomizes that. And so to be clear, like the genre that this kind of fits into, similar games would be like God of War. Right. Uh, from that era, Onimusha was yeah. kind of in that vein.
1: The first game that I saw, and this is probably not accurate at all, but the first one that I saw that was third person in that style of gaming was uh Mission Impossible for any yeah. Nintendo 64. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like zoomed out, you can see the whole body of the character, but you're actually always the
0: viewpoint, basically, of the backside of the right. Curve. It's like an isometric kind of view, not quite isometric actually, but yeah, o- over the shoulder they call it now. Yeah,
1: right. Well, but like not, RE4 was over the shoulder, where yeah. like you saw it like through their right arm length. But this yeah. was like
0: you're the you see the full body, and you just move with the full body. Again, if you've of. seen God of War, if you've seen Devil May Cry, yeah, right. Any yeah. of those, it's the same, same thing. The same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Ninja Gaiden. Is a incredibly difficult game. What were the statistics on when it
1: first came out? Like how many people actually got through the first level? It was, it was super crazy, low, like yeah, sixty
0: percent failed. Yeah, something crazy like yes. that. It gave up and stopped <laughs> playing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nuts. But it was because it's a game that so like Devil May Cry and uh, and a lot of those are the God of War. A lot of those style of games they. They're challenging, so it's not that they're not hard games, but really the challenge of them typically comes from you trying to maximize like a high score or like do it perfectly. Right. And Ninja Gaiden is just hard because you get killed right. all of the
1: time or even like we've got a war like a lot of the difficulty comes within like the puzzles and it may right. even be just coming to figure out how to defeat the boss and then once you figure out to beat the boss you know what strategy to use to evade them right it's predictable ai and they're going to use the same tactics and once you figure out the pattern you can just utilize that pattern and then just you know evade them. but with Gaiden that was actually the first game that I played where I think even as we were playing it and being engrossed in it and realizing how hard it was, we didn't even really realize at the time that what we were doing was developing a skill set. Like, the game is demanding. It is... The quintessential definitive word that I would use to describe Ninja Gaiden is it's demanding. Like, and if you're not willing to, de- to put the time in for its demand, you will not succeed at the game. <laughs>
2: you no, know, and, and
0: the thing is is that uh, so the, uh, the real modern version of that sentiment in gaming is the Dark Souls series. Right. Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Yeah. There's a new game they just came out with. Sekiro, I think it's called. Something like that. But it's a... From Software is the name of the developer that makes those games, and they're a lot slower than Ninja Gaiden, and a lot less um just absurd and like story. Like they're a lot darker, and they're still really yeah, they're really right. magical and weird. But I don't know, Ninja Gaiden is very like on the nose, almost kind of like a cheesy anime. To
1: some yeah, extent. oh yeah, oh there's tons of cheesy. Tons yeah, tons of cheesy, like manga.
0: Japanese. But so, if, if, if you've not played a Ninja Gaiden game, but you have played Dark Souls or Bloodborne again, something like that, um, Nioh or Neo, however you say that, and N-I-O-H, um, that, those games kind of have the same feeling of, of Ninja Gaiden where, like, any enemy at any time can kill you. Like, it's not just the bosses or something, like, it's not, or just the special enemies, like, the most basic enemy, if you don't If you're not buttoned up, like,
1: it will will kill you. And you can't just go through and button mash your way through enemies. You can really get away with that in God of War. Yeah. You can really go through and just learn some basic combos and learn just, like, execute enemies. And it's not that it's not fun. It's just you can largely use that strategy throughout the game, and that's all you really have to do. But with Gaiden, like, if you go in and just open, like, start swinging, like, they
0: will attack you and you will get... I don't know much. if you remember this that well, but when we first started playing, so in, in, again, Ninja Gaiden Black, which is on three, it was on the original Xbox but it. Then they ported it to 360 and PlayStation Three, um, so you can you can still play it on more modern consoles. But anyway, it it starts out and you're like running down this linear path. The games are very linear. There's not a lot of exploration to them. That's not really an element. But um, you run in this linear path, and then you and you fight a couple of guys. You know, just one at a time. Maybe two on one at one once, but mostly just that. And then we got to this room where there were like ten dudes that would drop in in pretty quick succession. You remember this? Yeah. And we we got killed in the room, and we got killed for probably like I don't know, twenty minutes before we could finally got good enough to get out of the room. But we just barely got out, and, and we, we were like, we measured that as success. We were like, holy shit, we got out of the room. Well, but then we were like, <laughs> like. <laughs> We should be able to beat that room Like there's no way the first room of dudes in the game Is like the hardest thing that the game's going to put in front of you Right, right So we need to do that room Because you could go back into it and the guys would respawn Right, right And so it's like we have to go back into that room Until we can get out of that room with almost taking no damage Yeah, And then we did that for like, I don't know, an hour or two I mean quite a while we just grinded practicing in that room Yeah, yeah Until we got good enough Yeah it really
1: was like being in a dojo. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> totally wasn't. No, what we were expecting or what we no. wanted, but really, like that is the quintessential aspect of the game: is that it is demanding that you develop a skill set yeah. to play the game. Yeah, you don't just pick up a controller and start playing. I mean, any sophisticated board game that's fun, or any game in general that's really complex and has complex rules, that's worth playing. Has kind of a level of difficulty like that.
0: I think. No, yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, it um, it definitely, it again, what it does is it makes you play the game the right way. Or like the way that the developer, like the developer has an intended way that you're going to approach the game. Yeah. And now to be clear, there's some wiggle room in that still. Like there's still room to innovate and be creative in how you actually play. But, again, like Misha said earlier, you can't just run and flailing around or button matching. Like, you'll just get your, your push them. So you have to go—you you have to approach it in a very kind of tactical and strategic way. And you really have to pay attention to the timing. But basically, it makes you get good at the game. Yeah, yeah. And then once you are, uh, it rewards you by being a very deeply satisfying experience where you run around with a katana— and hat dudes' heads off and chop. Yeah, right. I mean, it's right. crazy. You
1: do and well, you feel until, like a dope ninja. Until you get to black, and then you get to choose your weapon, you get to level it up, and then it's like, oh, I want to use bow staff. Or when you get the flail, you love the flail. Yeah. You would exclusively use the flail all the time. And it's so good. But the thing is, like, once you get to the point in the game where you actually get to different weapons... You can't just use your favorite weapon and then use that. Sometimes the the weapons are exclusive for exclusive enemies. So they work really well for exclusive enemies. Yeah. Uh there's the purple demons that they kinda yeah. pop they, they disappear in the ground yeah. and then they'll pop up and claw you like from you know posing hands. If you don't have the flail to use with them, it is very difficult to beat them. Yeah because they hit you from every angle. And to be clear, like There is a block button feature in the game, but if you just hit block and wait for them to stop and then use your attack, they will just keep attacking you and box you into a corner until they break your defense and kill you.
0: That's just how the game really kind of Yeah, goes. you have to block and dodge <laughs> and move and jump. Right. It's like all in wall run and like constantly jump off enemy shoulders. like Yeah,
1: they give you skills and techniques that you learn throughout the tutorial of the game as you play. You level up with different skill sets that you can get through each you know, stage of the game that you play. But it's not like, hey, you can use this because it's a fun feature. It's like, if you don't use this, you might
2: be fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you do when you actually get into it, you feel like. It, 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 more than almost any other game, and there's a couple other honorable mentions I'll, I'll talk about it at the end of the, the show here, but um, almost more than any other game, it gives you the feeling of, like, being in an anime or, like, playing some... Mm-hmm. superhero level martial artist character yeah. that exceeds anyone else's yeah capacity. I love it when
1: the fiends actually come out like in the city and like Yeah. Because they're these giant creatures that are like twenty feet tall and it's just you versus them and you have a staff or you have the katana or yep. and like those are basically the exclusive enemies that you have and you can drop off legs and you can drop yep. off head. I mean that's really more in two than Disney one, but right. still like it gets to it builds on itself to where it's just like oh (laughs) man this is so
0: Cool. Yeah, so Ninja Gaiden Black, and yeah, the, the bosses that you fight are crazy. Like, in Ninja Gaiden Black, the first one, you you fight a helicopter in a tank at one point. <laughs> we struggled to defeat that for so long. No, and then do I went back five that? years later and did it, one shot at
1: it. No, I can do almost the entire game without having any kind of difficulty right. that we had to begin with, and it's so mind-blowing yeah. me to go back through it and play it, because it's like, we struggle it's so hard. riding the bicycle We traded like it. It yeah. like, I tried. I fucking failed miserably. <laughs> give it a go. And you're like, God damn it, I failed. You give it a go. I mean, we spent hours like, yeah. let's pause and go get food because we got to come back and reevaluate. I don't know what's happening.
0: Yeah. But the Ninja Gaiden 2, uh, that was a really challenging game, especially if you up the difficulty past the default setting, <laughs> which you can only do if you beat it. You have to beat it on the normal first, and then it unlocks the next tier, and you have to beat it on that, and then it unlocks the next tier. Right. Good luck. Yeah. It is so... But Ninja Gaiden 2 is is one of the rare times when the sequel just exceeds the first one in every single way. I agree. It gives you the Wolverine claws, and also gives you Wolverine claws on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, those are so <laughs> double fun. katana. Yeah, if you upgrade the bow staff all the way, it gets flails on the end of it, like yes. ballies. Yeah, come on Right, it is nuts. Like, you get the ball and chain the hook with the a Kasurigama. ball. She... Yeah, kusari yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yes. Oh. Man, yeah. So it is. So a game that, like I said, that, that I would mentioned briefly there, and I, I think I've talked to you off mic before about it, but it's called Nio. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it it's it's the same. It's Team Ninja.
1: Oh is it really yeah. Oh yeah okay yeah yeah. you showed me some of the clips of it? I remember watching you yeah. go through it. Yeah, it's you're samurai. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But there you can you can be samurai and be more heavily armored or yeah. you can do light armor and then be more ninja. And there's okay. katana, double katana, there's a right. gamma
1: so, same kind of difficulty. Tanfa. same kind of uh, gameplay
0: as Ninja Gaiden. It is. It's a little different in that um, it actually gives you and all of the enemies stamina meters, mm-hmm. and by either attacking, dodging, or blocking, your stamina is depleted. Right. So it the game becomes a. a it's a little slower and a little more. I would say maybe a little more tactical because because of the information that you get, because since you have a stamina meter, you can try and break down the enemy's stamina, which then leaves them vulnerable to attack. Yeah. As opposed to Ninja Gaiden is more about, like, trying to just, like, get a parry and dodge and create an opening. Yeah, right, you know? right, and, and you once ultim- you get an
1: opening, you can, you get the orb, you can use the orb, Right.
0: that's really the main threat. But in, in 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 Neo, you can do that with some of the enemies, but some of them you do just have to exalt. Like, the very first boss you fight seems really hard until you realize that what the game forces you to learn is that you need to let him run out of stamina, because he, like, charges super hard at you and you can dodge, And then he swings this massive swing that'll almost kill you in one shot. But if you just get out of the way, he can only do that like two or three times and he's completely out of stamina and then you can kill him. But if you don't do that, he will just destroy you over and over and over again. It seems so hard. Right. right. The games do have that in common and so do the Dark Souls games where they don't, there's no on-screen prompt that says, this is how this mechanic works.
2: Yeah. And this is the right. way
0: you'll need to use it look yeah, for this exactly there's no right. little little fairy companion that pops up on your shoulder and it's like hey right. maybe the boss is weak in this way like none of that Don't it just Zelda. Don't
2: Zelda.
0: i love that hello <laughs> i love it that that or no, no listen listen yeah, is what this, you yeah. This. oh my god it's so good no that's my favorite yeah um But anyway, yeah, so Ninja Gaiden 1, if you have not played it, I cannot recommend it enough. It is an awesome game. Again, not NES, but Xbox Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden 2, the direct sequel, is equally as... as, it's better, actually. It's not equally. It's better yeah, than the other one. It really is. It, 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 it a lot. There's more like you could cut off limbs and yeah, and, and do all you sorts do of quick deaths
1: and really. There's a lot stuff. of
2: different
0: you know elements. I guess of strategy there, but yeah, it, it's cool. And it's a longer game. Yeah, and yes. uh, and again, like this like there's a scene in it towards the end where there's just a thunderstorm of blood rain. <laughs> And there's no explanation for that whatsoever. Otherwise it's just the real world as far as you know. Yeah, right. It's not like right. you went to another dimension or something and right. it just rains blood. Or like there's another one where you're riding on an airship and you ride your and you you blow it up and then like kinda like what the Avengers cruise around on the Avengers movies, like the giant, like airbase thing. It's oh, one of those. Yeah, 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 right. And you you set off explosions on it, of course, like bombs or whatever, and then you fly off off of it on a motorcycle and land on a mountain that is <laughs> I you know, thousands of feet below so. And just just bounce and keep going on the bike, <laughs> and then fight some armadillo monster thing. Yeah, right. That's the uh,
1: uh, like lava bombs that shoot. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot. It. I always forget about that every time I'm in Canada, I'm scene. Sorry, I encounter them. Oh, got same. Sorry, new level here. Oh shit, that's boss. Yeah. Oh, damn it. He's fucking hard as shit. <laughs> yeah, he's not easy at all. Yeah. Yeah. So when one came out, there's a point in the story right before you fight the final boss where there's a good point where you can actually collect a lot of coinage to develop your inventory to like get health and to get a lot your of potions, potions, potions whatever you need. You can do all that, fulfill your magic, all that stuff. So we would do that endlessly so that we could actually fulfill and fill up our entire inventory so that we could go fight the boss and then still
2: lose yeah (laughs) i remember doing that for hours
1: that was my first introduction to farming i didn't know what farming was because i wasn't doing that so it was just we just did that you're like all right i've done it for an hour so here i'm gonna go you know
2: get some food i'll be
1: back here i'm like all right cool i'll take over and i'll get our, our magic up or whatever We just do that so that we can have the point where we can fight the boss, and then we got to two, and now like that isn't an issue at all. Like I can fly through the game; and I don't have to like farm really at all to do anything.
0: Not as much. Then when two came out, oh oh, you mean in black you don't have to farm anymore? Yeah, in
1: black, okay. And then when two came out, I remember when two came out, and you were like, you want to play it, and I was like, "Okay, okay, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. And I got my ass kicked in the very first scene because it drops you on that wooden platform. And there's like three or four like, dudes. It it actually drops. I think it's like fifteen or something total. <laughs> and it starts off as three. Okay. You kill those three, it drops another yes, five, yes, and yes, then yes, it drops true. like harder enemies. Those guys that circle around that hover and they shoot blasting orbs at you and they shoot the volcanoes that come up under your yep. feet yep. while these people are fucking killing you with katana. So it's just like, you cannot yep. stay stagnant and defend yourself. Nope. You have to move, because if you don't, they're going to shoot a volcano from underneath you. Like, So I just immediately died within like 20 seconds. I'm just like, shit! I thought I had this game like figured out. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't. like it, it just requires you to elevate yourself to its level. It does not compromise at all. Yeah. It's like, well, if you really want to do well, like this is okay, and you'll have a fun time, and you'll enjoy yourself. I mean, again, 60% could even make it to the first level. The first level isn't really even a level. The first level is you meet the villain in a dojo and you don't actually kill him you just like defeat him and then you like your village burns and and then the story starts and then the game starts and sixty percent of people couldn't even make
0: it to like the dojo part of it, right, or so didn't make it like, past the dojo. I think. It's right, right, right. Exactly. So it's just like yeah. Oh Dark God. Souls One actually has a very similar statistic because Dark Souls One drops you pretty much immediately into a boss fight, similar in that way. Right. And there's a huge amount of people that just never actually get past it. A the- guy that I previously worked with was a big uh, gamer,
1: I guess, and like I was telling him about Ninja Gate and he was like, "Oh man, if you love Ninja Game. You should play Dark Souls. Like there is no like." If you love the difficulty aspect and how hard it is about each game, you will love Dark Souls. Now, I I just haven't tried it, not because I'm disinterested or anything. I just haven't had the opportunity, but you have explained to me largely, like, sometimes you just walk up into a scenario where there's just a boss, and you're not qualified to fight that boss, but you just find him or her or whatever, and it just obliterates you because... You're not qualified to find it, but it's not like a sequential level. It's know, not linear. here's the end of the level, right? It's not linear. It's right. not
0: linear in the way that Ninja Gaiden is. It's it's much more, um, yeah. It's, it's not it's not like it's not like Grand Theft Auto necessarily either, you know, in that level scale of open worldness, but or Fallout or Skyrim or something like that. But um, it has definitely the capacity for you to just yeah stumble into the wrong thing. I mean, when I played right. Dark Souls the first time. I, you, so after you beat that first boss, same deal. Then the real game starts, and you get transported to the place where the game will now take place. And um, anyway, you can when you get there, you can like go left and go across this like courtyard, if I remember correctly, and then it like goes into like maybe a graveyard sort of situation, or you can go. Uh, like straightforward and kind of like up a hill situation, yeah, right. Or you can go down this path. Well, when I started, I didn't see the down path, so I tried to go across the courtyard into the graveyard and just got wrecked over and over. And I was just like, right. "Man, I'm bad at right. games, right? But I'm just going to keep playing." And I just couldn't make it. And I was like, "It can't be this hard. <laughs> like, my God, I know it's hard, but it can't be.
1: Th- I mean, this is crazy." Right. I remember the the moment that I was actually dissuaded from wanting to play it was I was actually talking to you, not the person that I got the recommendation from. It was that you told me you can play for an hour or two, make as much progress as you can in the game. If you do not make it to a campfire, which is a saving point, and actually save it, you will lose all that progress and you just have to go through and
0: do that all over again. Which Ninja Gaiden kind of worked that way too. I mean, if you you had to get to a checkpoint to save the game. It wasn't yeah. just auto-saving. Right, right. So I it worked it that way too. too. Does it do that that too? No, there's, check, there's still checkpoints. Oh, there's still checkpoints? Yeah. The difference, though, is that in Dark Souls... Um, Ninja Gaiden is a linear game. So Ninja Gaiden pushes you from checkpoint to checkpoint. Dark Souls and those kind of games also technically have that system in place but it doesn't it's not linear that way there's you're not in hallways yeah so it doesn't force you to a check the next checkpoint right so it's very possible that you could run around for quite a while and then not find the next checkpoint right and then lose and it's just like oh man Mm -hmm. it's frustrating yeah because you lose everything that you had gained at the time and i i
1: don't want to like Replay the same thing that I've done for an hour at a time. Like no. I'm not that committed as a gamer to doing. But that, 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 so, that's what we do.
2: You know, but
0: you know, again, that's the ninja game experience, though, yeah, right? not know no, for sure. You got to get it, good. <laughs> but it was,
1: it was more about trying to defeat the puzzle. Even though it wasn't a puzzle, it was like more trying to defeat the aspect that was right in front of me, rather than like. I'm making progress, collecting points, and I'm like just traveling and physically like running on a map. And then I just don't make it to a location, so now I just have to go back and run that same distance. It's like I don't really want to do that. So you have to be? I don't know anything about Dark Souls. Right. That's kind of what it sounded like.
0: Yeah. To be fair to Dark Souls, um, which I am not a fan of in the same way that I am this game, but to be fair to it, it's actually I would say probably even more. The experience you just described, the Ninja Gaiden, even, it is very much. The thing is, is that Ninja Gaiden still wants you to be fast. Yeah, so right. Ninja Gaiden still right. has some like, like fighting game in it, if you will, where it's like, yeah, almost exclusively. Like right? that's what you're doing the whole time. Whereas in in Dark Souls, it, the fighting is is the, the movements and the animations are more deliberate. In Ninja Gaiden. Inside of a single second, you could swing your sword, decide that you don't want to go that direction, and then decide to jump the opposite way. Yeah. And right. do that. Right. In Dark Souls, when you swing your sword, the animation takes, I'm going to exaggerate it, I'm sure, but let's say it takes a second and a half to swing the sword and actually get the animation for it to come over your head and go all the way down. Right, right. And for that whole time, you're locked. Yeah. You can't move. Right. So it's all a lot more deliberate. Which mm. then also makes it actually more puzzly. Oh, yeah. Because if you can actually under- learn the timings, you can you can be invincible in Dark right. Souls. Right. I mean, there's a guy on Twitch that has beat the Dark Souls games without taking any damage playing with a Guitar Hero guitar. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy
2: crap.
0: <laughs> actually, there's another guy that's done it playing with a DDR pad with his feet. Yeah, so, right. So so Dark Souls is definitely a very much a puzzle in that way. Yeah.
2: Right. So
1: So that that
0: kinda brings
1: me to a different aspect of the conversation that I really fucking like a lot, which is when you meet someone that likes Ninja Gaiden and likes those games, like it is like it's kind of meeting someone that's like almost an exclusive club. You no, know, it's like you no, know, it's like
0: meeting a cool fan that likes
1: tool in the same way. Exactly. Art. No, it is exactly that. Yeah. I have only met a few people that are actually as fanboy about it as we are. Yeah. One of the kids was a Japanese kid that was in uh, all of my calculus classes. Oh, nice. And he was just super fucking smart and he never like studied for anything so he sat in front of me and he would always just pull out his tablet and put it in front of his desk and prop it up so he could watch it and he would watch educating like videos of people that could go through stuff and that's how I knew and I looked over his shoulder and I was like are you watching educating videos and he gave me this smile and he was like do you play and I
0: was like Yes, I do. <laughs> it was this weird kind yeah. of like you're in the club, like
2: oh fuck yeah. So fuck
0: I fuck never that. have gotten to do it, but on PlayStation Three, they so Ninja Gaiden originally was an Xbox exclusive franchise, but then for Ninja Gaiden Two, they ported it to the PlayStation Three and added co-op. Yeah, which I have right. never done. Right, right, no, but oh, always sounded really do that. insane.
1: Too bad we live in separate cities. That yeah, cool. I well, guess we could do when it. I visit for tool.
0: Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, that'll be heavenly. But yeah, heavenly. I always thought that's kind of cool for sure. A, a down point that we do need to brush up on yep. and up against because people need to know that correct that ninja gaiden one and two are amazing games <laughs> i already knew that you were going to you have you to going. because people have to trust us and this is because this is this is a this is about <laughs> trust and, and knowing yes. each other and and if we didn't say this we would set people up because they'd go be yeah. like, oh well no one and two is great right let me get the latest one that came out in the series Wholly incorrect. inaccurate. Yeah. So there's a Ninja Gaiden Sigma. No, that's what they called Ninja Gaiden Two on yeah. on PlayStation Three. Yeah, right. There's a Ninja Gaiden Three. I think it's just called Three. But there's another one after that right. that that's I can't remember the name of it. Like that's more cartoonish. Like it looks more cel shaded oh, almost. Yeah. Right. Also horrible. But Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden Three. And the next one after. Any game with Ninja Gaiden in the title after one and two is terrible. Completely avoid. Avoid, like, the plague. The like, not even of kind of reminiscent, other than it's the no. same character.
1: No, it's it's really not even a fun game. I no. thought
0: that just being
1: like, I'm a ninja, so whatever. So I'll, I'll always just, like it a little just, bit. Yeah, exactly. I'll just relieve my, you know, expectations and standards here, and this will just be fun to, like, just kill people. Not fun. No, Not fun at all. No, yeah. not, not even boring, kind of fun. Very redundant. They just keep producing the same enemies over and over. Like, that's the thing that makes it
0: interesting. Thing. So it's what like, it is, is there's a guy who, and I, I don't remember his name, but he has a giant Scarface. scar on his face, yeah. Old scar face. Not Al Pacino. Uh, is that who plays Scarface? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I had to make sure the reference worked, you know, <laughs> for the people. Um, so so he was the, the, the executive director, producer, whatever you want to call it, of Team Ninja, which is the team that makes Ninja Gaiden, during Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2. And he has this this, uh, had this understanding of just how to make this game in this magical way that we've talked about, where it pushes you as a gamer to get good at it and master it and play it in a certain way, but then also rewards you heavily for doing that um, by making it a really fun, exciting experience, where, again, you feel like you have really good control, because you do, because you actually had to learn how to control the character. Yeah, right. Um but he left after Ninja Gaiden 2. So Ninja Gaiden 2 uh, sold pretty well. And the the studio that published it, which was Tecmo, uh, they had a dispute with him. And he ended up leaving afterwards. So, But he didn't get to take the Team Ninja brand with him or the Ninja Gaiden brand, because that's owned by the publisher. So he leaves... So then all of the subsequent Ninja Gaiden titles after that, which I think there's only two, uh, do not have him at the helm. And that's, at least in my opinion, that's what I attribute to the the drastic change in direction. Yeah, yeah, right. He obviously held
1: the standard of being like, it's going to be this, and this is what people need to adhere to.
2: Yeah.
1: Which... Good God, man! You just don't find that kind of result anymore, like at all. Like, I mean, Ugh. that's like that's South Park result. That's like, yeah, we're just gonna do
0: whatever we want, and we don't care,
1: and you're just gonna publish it. It's like, mm,
2: okay.
1: I, <laughs> I know this is off topic
0: from Ninja Gaiden and the genre of games that we're talking about, but I, 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 that point is very interesting, and I, I just feel <laughs> like I have to share that a, a game company that actually has done that a lot that doesn't get. I don't think enough credit for it is, is actually Blizzard. Um, Blizzard makes StarCraft, World of Warcraft, Overwatch. Uh, Hearthstone is probably one of the most popular ones they have out now to, as well. But but Blizzard Blizzard has that level of commitment but in, a, in the opposite kind of direction. So Blizzard is willing to constantly challenge the norms of what the genre standards are. And because of that, they they boy they distill things down to being like their purest element and then kind of shave off all the fluff and then right. go, "Here you right. go." And then some people go, "Well, that's really casual and it's like, I guess, but that's what that's what you're actually getting out of it you know and i think that your level and measure of success and based on what
1: you do is largely just based on you just asking questions about what is going on within the genre that you're participating in whatever medium that it is like the innovators are not geniuses they're just people that are asking questions you need to ask questions and say like are we pandering are we not pandering like if we are are we fans of this genre How do we actually, like, improve on the things? What things do we like? What things do we not like? Can we actually implement this in here? Because this would be really interesting. This has been done before, but it's not really that interesting. Why don't we just
0: change it and just go in a different direction?
1: Those are things that you need to just ask and just experiment with.
0: Yeah, and I I think it also, you know, tying into that, I think it just has a lot to do with having a vision. And I think Ninja Gaiden 1 and Ninja Gaiden 2... Just clearly had a vision that yeah, were, they were trying yeah. to fulfill, and that's why. That even though they're very bizarre, niche games that, you know, probably not every gamer would like. But if right. you like action games at all, you, especially if you like God of War or Devil May Cry or Bayonetta or Nioh or Nier Automata, any of these types of games, you should definitely be playing Ninja game because yeah. it's one of the best in that genre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 really set out to, with a vision in mind and, and I think do an excellent job of pursuing that, whereas the later ones were really an attempt to just capitalize on the commercial success of the previous games. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, the people working on it are probably fine people, right. but they just, that vision wasn't in place probably from and, the Scarface.
1: Yeah, well, and I'm not nearly as much of a gamer as you are. Like, sure. That is very evident. Like, my gaming aspects went into more production like the audio is more of my my idea of the same kind of similar like interest like right, right. gaming I mean with audio the thing is is that what's really amazing about these games is that there is a a, a huge amount of 3-play value like I'm not as much of a gamer as you are like there's there's still I mean as I said before that I'm not you know we equate different kind of relationships with games. You're much more involved than I am. Sure. But I can exclusively pick up both games and play them independently from beginning to end. And have done so I don't even know how many times I've really lost count of how many times I've actually played one and two. And I can do it now effortlessly. And it's not it's not cheapen at all. It still is fun. I can't do it back to back, like week to week or something. But oh, sure. I do it twice a year, three times a year. Like, yeah, you can do that. They're still that fun. There's still that kind of level of like skill you can do up the difficulty level. You know, you and can just to, they try new weapons. Like they're satisfying visually, for, man.
2: They're, yeah, no, they look good. Yeah,
1: they really are. Yeah, like it's, and that's that to me sells a lot for a game if I can go through and replay it. Because if I can't replay it its was worth was really only how much I got out of single-player campaign or whatever I did to initially go through
0: it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Raven these, Legend is a good one that I
1: thought had good replay value.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, I think, you know, typically if you look at people, the way that they consume other forms of entertainment media, whether that be a TV show or a movie or a song or a book, it's pretty common for people to... to reconsume those things a second or third time after the first time yeah now with games part of that difference you know but i don't know for a book or a tv series you know certainly there's a huge time investment with games though it can feel like it's you know it's not just it's not rewatching a movie or re-listening to a song yeah right a lot more time yeah, typically yeah. but um but yeah i me and i just again have been longtime fans of the ninja game series and feel like it's something that especially at this point in time is, is somewhat underappreciated um, because yeah, it's just it's been it's replaced smart. yeah <laughs> it's been replaced by by other games and 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 other franchises and again the spirit of it lives on in, in games like naio and, and the dark souls and from software games in general uh, but again do not check out the NES ones unless you're just a masochist that likes 8-bit nightmare games <laughs> uh and, and do check out Ninja Gaiden Black or Ninja Gaiden 1 and Ninja Gaiden 2. Right. Do not check out Ninja Gaiden
1: anything after that because it's garbage. If you do not want to play the NES games, you can't find an emulator or find it online, which is super easy to do in the first Ninja Gaiden you actually go into a casino where there is an arcade game and you can actually play the SNES
2: games. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you
1: remember that? Classic. No? Yeah, yeah, you can actually just play the whole game. Nice. You know, they include the whole thing. That's so, great. It's nice, still a cool throw. Yeah, a little game. throwback. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. And thank you, Misha, for joining the show to have that fun conversation about Ninja Gaiden. As always, you're welcome to email me at walker at the walkshowpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the walkshowpod. Follow us on Instagram at the walkshow, Facebook at the walkshowpodcast. And then again, I will have some some show notes to, to link to some of the content that we discussed in this episode. Again, thanks for listening. Have a good one.